when we were, um, boy, tonight, I was just wrecked. I was like sobbing through three songs, and then all of a sudden, we're finding out who's done their aerobics dance classes or not, right? <laughs> who's, who's making it? Who isn't? <laughs> I wasn't. Anyway, but I was still loving it. Uh, but when we, when we were singing that song, um, I'm Surrounded, um, it may feel like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. When we're singing that, of course, you're all behind me, right? And, I'm, and, it, and the Lord was right then, I, I was feeling Christ in every single one of you. Like I was surrounded by him because he's in you. And then suddenly we were joined by multitudes, millions of saints. I'm telling you, this is real. This stuff is real. We are surrounded by him and Christ is in us and we're here with and for each other. I was just getting wrecked today. Um, so I want to, the Bible says to give honor uh, where honor is due and certainly we have and will continue to honor the Lord again and again. But I do want to stop and, and honor Giuseppe. So, no, just stay there. I want to, but I want to make sure you're listening. Just one second. Sorry, I know you're giving him a word. Sorry. Um, I just want to honor you, Giuseppe, and, and Katie, and I'm sorry she wasn't here to hear this, but just to say, I want to honor you for going after your dream, for hearing something from, we all hear things from the Lord. We don't all step out and do something about it. And you did. And I told you, I don't know, a month ago, I said, you're going to learn a lot from this. You do some things differently. But I guarantee you, because you stepped out and did it, there's going to be really good fruit from this event. And there, and there was and there will be uh, more than you'll know. And I so appreciated tonight, uh, earlier, um, when Chuck was doing a, uh, what do you call that, panel discussion. Um, and Giuseppe got up here, and he just, after a while, just there was just a moment where he just kind of opened up his heart and just got super vulnerable and real. And, um, and he shared a couple things. One was he shared about um, their child, just a few hours, right? A few hours old, died. And uh, that's a pain I can't even imagine. And, and you had mentioned how you put that child in the ground, and the Lord had you put uh, on the tombstone that he was a seed of revival, right? And I want to... In just a minute, I want to come back to that, uh, and because uh, God is going to honor, or God is honoring that, and um, and then you also pray, prayed. Or you said uh, he was just being super real and said, um, you know, I, it's hard to be in California. It's expensive. Anyone know that? It's expensive to be in the Bay Area. So why are we here? And for and he said, you know, there's a lot of other places I could go. It'd be easier, but because he's got this thing burning in his heart for the Bay Area, he can't go. And I want to start there and just say I join you in that. Giuseppe, 30 years ago, I came here in a, a really dramatic fashion. Jesus came to me in a dream and, and touched me, and I lit up with the glory, and suddenly I was wide awake on my bed, still filled with the glory. It was a, a dramatic moment. He brought me here 30 years ago, um, and one of the first things he told me just, just a little while after I came here was, my spirit is going to sweep through this valley and this region with or without you. Do you want to be part of it? And that was 30 years ago. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I've gone back to that word. I, I kid you not, a thousand times I've reminded the Lord of his word to me in that 30 years. And I love that a, a younger one is coming up with passion. Uh, I haven't given it up. And, and by the way, being around somewhere 30 years, um, I can see the change. I'm here long enough to tell you this the spiritual climate has changed dramatically in 30 years for the better, for the kingdom, 
and, and how people are coming together and the hunger for God and the miracles, etc. It's happening. It's just kind of the frog, sometimes the frog, you know, that in the that's getting boiled slowly or whatever that analogy is. I don't know what it is. Okay, bad analogy. But anyway, it, where it's heating up slow enough that we don't always feel it and we kind of wonder, is it really going to happen? And so that's why I can't leave this area. I can't. I'm, people say, oh, you're going to go? I'm like, where would I go? He made a promise about this region, and so I join with you in that. And a little while after I was here, I'm going to p- bring this back around to the seed. A little while after I was here, I, I heard about an amazing woman uh, called Opal Wheeler. She was, I, was in, I was in my mid-20s. Um, believe it or not, I've been around a long time here. I was in my mid-20s. She was in her mid-90s, and, and I was told, this is the woman you want to go see. She's been praying for a revival her whole life in this valley. As soon as I heard that, <laughs> she was in a, a, a nursing home. So I went over and I met her and, and started hearing the stories. And she was here when there was nothing in this valley. There was, it was like a few roads, and that's it. No freeways, you know, no lights, no anything. Just a few roads and a lot of farms. And, and the Lord started showing her. She was so close to Jesus. The Lord showed her that one day this whole Valley, the Tri-Valley was going to be hugely populated. There was going to be people everywhere. When she told people that, they laughed at her. They said, yeah, you're crazy. That's not going to happen. And, and the Lord showed her that, that revival would come when all the people were here. And I'm feeling it again. That revival would come. And her, the word she hung on to, I mean, when I met her, I'm like, pray for, I took her hand, like, pray for me. And she laid hands on me. This was 30 years ago almost. And, um, and of course, she's long since gone on to be with Jesus. Um, but the word she got from the Lord that she hung on to over and over and over again was this. The Lord told her, the seed is under the sod. The seed is under the sod. That means that God is going to do what God is going to do. He's heard the prayers of his saints. And that the very things that we're crying out for, they are going to happen so I'm telling you, I'm telling you, that act of faith, as you're as in a moment of grief to bury your child and say, this is a seed of revival, I'd, you're my hero, okay? You're, <laughs> that's just amazing, and God's going to honor that. Ah. God is going to honor everything he says. He's going to do it. Our, he's going to do it. <sighs> Man. Oh, there it is. And so um, tonight we're going to, I'm going to share pretty briefly about, um, yeah, how prophetic worship shifts atmospheres from Second Chronicles 20. And then I'm going to get a couple worship leaders up here to tell you stories to, t- to show you that this isn't just like a good idea. God really does this stuff. And um, I love this. I pulled this picture out of the archives. You know, I know it's really old. I just loved it, though, and I, I hadn't used it in years and years. But I, this, to me, just speaks so much about the authority that we carry. This is, this is the Hebrew year of the mouth, of declaration. This is the year we declare what is true with an authority we, we've never seen before. And, of course, we're doing it with, with the lion, right? With the lion of the tribe of Judah. We got that sword going, which is, which is the living word. The living word. It, yes, it's the word of God in the Bible, but it's the words that come alive because they're promises that are real for you. 
And, and then I love that he's blindfolded. Because <laughs> isn't that the way it is? Everything we're doing is in faith. It's like, I think this is what God is saying. I'm going to declare it. I'm not always seeing it. But here we go. And then if you look at the, um, the shield, it's, it's the scales of justice. But I want to make sure we all in this room understand what that is. Because it's the, for God, justice is making wrong things right. If I could use a simple definition. But the justice of God is Jesus. The justice of God is Jesus. We keep making somebody want to pay for something. So there's justice. Jesus did that. He paid for it. So that's what we're doing is we're bringing the justice of Jesus. This is why we don't judge people. It's why we extend mercy and grace. It's why we, we, we've got the message of love. And as we started today, who was it? Mark and Jessica. I don't even know if they're still here, but, but they said this. They said our purpose, is not, uh, our purpose is not to war against the enemy. That's not our purpose. Yeah, sometimes we do that. That's not our purpose. But our purpose is to manifest God's glory. <laughs> Just get that one in for a minute. So we're going to talk about a, a, a battle because, uh, yeah, we go through battles, right? We do. But I'm telling you that we're not, we were not made to, to learn how to, you know, get in the ring with, with, with the devil. That's like not, that's not the plan. So let's take a look at this. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to do this really quick. Um, that uh, we, are, we are in a real war. And, um, I, you know, we know that. And, and I got to tell you, there was a time in my life where I spent a whole lot of time focusing on the enemy and what he was up to. And I'm telling you, I never got so exhausted in my life. I'm serious. I was up, almost, you know, many times all night, warring, you know, over my little kids at the time. And there's, and there's times for war. I don't, I don't, don't get me wrong. But it, was a way, it started to become a way of life because I was so focused on what the enemy was doing. And now, now I don't, it's not my life anymore. I actually sleep really well at night because I'm resting in the Father's love. I'm resting in his heart where the enemy doesn't, is, doesn't get to go, you know? So, but, but war is real, and so in this story, three armies are ganging up to take over Jerusalem, from, uh, from, and the king is um, Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, all right? That's the war, that he learns about it, he gets scared. It, says, it, it actually says shaken. Jehoshaphat prayed, he went to God for help, and he ordered a nationwide fast, the country of Judah united in seeking God's help. So when trouble comes, because we, we're going to do an exercise in just a minute, and we're into exercises, like let's do something about this. So we're going to do that in just a minute. But you all have stuff going on in your life, whether it's you know, relationships that, that have been destroyed or, or diseases or whatever. And um, so we've got stuff, but what are we going to do with that? And I want to tell you, in this story, it's really clear that agreement with God matters. That we, we're not just to sit there and, and woe is me or whine or whatever. We actually, God doesn't mind if we come to him and whine to start with. Yes, he's okay with that. He's a good father. But, but I'm saying that's not where we're parking it. We're actually going to agree with him, okay? And so, um, so we're gonna, I'm going to show you real quick that um, these, are, these are the ways in which Jehoshaphat, he actually got up in front of all the people, started praying, and these are the... These are the themes that he was going over. He was remembering the true nature of God. We have got to know our Father. 
We have got to know the goodness of our king. That's why I was weeping in worship over and over because he's so good. He's so good. We got to get this in our hearts. Otherwise, otherwise we're going to start fighting the wrong battles. And I'm telling you, like, one of, the, one of the things that I was asking myself, many of you have heard this before, but in the middle of worship, I'm crying because I'm saying, what kind of king dies for his people? Only the king of love does that. Only our king of love does that. So we got to know who he is. So King Jehoshaphat's reminding God. He's remembering who God is. And then... He's remembering God's history of faithfulness. God, remember, you did this. You did that, God. He's, God doesn't forgotten, <laughs> right? But, but King Jehoshaphat's reminding himself. He's strengthening his own self up. I have a history with you, God. This is how good you are. Oh, my goodness. And then the next thing he does is he reminds God of the problem at hand. You're, saying, you're thinking, well, God already knows these things. Yeah, but you know what? When you were a little kid and you, got, and you fell down and scraped your knee, tell me you didn't go tell your mom or dad. Of course you did. Or somebody's picking at you at school. I'm saying, that's what a good parent does. They're like, come here, tell me about it. That's the compassion. Many of you weren't, didn't experience that. Many of you actually didn't have tenderness and compassion from your parents. So you don't even know what that's like. And God says, why don't you just let me love on you for a little bit? That is hard. What you're going through is hard. He's... He's okay. He wants to cry with you, but he's not going to let it stay there. And then, and then the last thing he does is remind God of his promises. And this is where we must know the promises of God. This is where we have a history. This is where I can say 30 years ago, God, you said your spirit's going to sweep through this valley. You said the seed is under the sod. And, and, and then promises we get from Scripture, right? You said you would only do things that would be good for me. You would never harm me. All the Scriptures that we know. And so, and so we got to hang on to those. And that's what King Jehoshaphat did. It's, if you have not read that in a while, 2 Chronicles 20, go back and just read that chapter. It's, the, the, it's so good. Oh, my goodness. Um, and this is what he says in the midst of that, of this section. He says, when the worst happens, whether war or flood or disease or famine, and we take our place before this temple, and we know now where the temple resides, right? And we pray out our pain and our trouble. We know that you will listen and will give victory. This is what we know. The Father always hears you, always. And, and he has victory for you. And I know along with you, I know, I know the disappointment at times of praying and things don't turn out the way you thought. I'm telling you, his, if... If it's not looking good, I'm telling you, the story's not over yet. There's more to the story. Even beyond this life into heaven, there's more to the story. And I'm just telling some of you that because of, of, you know, you pray for someone to be healed and they died. And maybe they had words over their life and you're like, he was supposed to preach to the nations. I am telling you, it's not over yet. You have not... One day when you get to heaven, you're going to be astounded at the goodness of God and how every single promise was fulfilled. We, we are so limited in how we think God can do it and even what time frame he can do it in. He says, you have no idea. But if you think, if the story's not good, it hasn't ended yet. It's good stuff. They, they pray when everyone gets together. Sorry, I kind of lost where I was here. I, I got into where I was. Actually, I didn't lose anything. I lost where I was on this. 
<laughs> I knew where I was going. Let me go back for a second and see where I was. Oh, oh, I already did all that. Okay, sorry about that. Really, honestly, I'm just kind of swept up here. It was good to see you again, wasn't it? Agreement matters. And then in, in the midst of that, what I love is the people get together and they tell God that we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. We're going to look to you. Can I tell you, this is like one of the best things you could pray in the midst of the garbage where you don't have answers. Like, we always keep thinking we have to have the answers. I've just got to, you know, if I just, if I just mull it over my head and lose another hour of sleep tonight, I'm sure I will come up with the answer. Can I tell you that is not the plan? <laughs> just, God, I don't know what to do. And he's like, thank you. Thank you for just coming to me because that's all I've ever wanted to do was to work things out for you. Just agree with me. Ah, <sighs> so good. All right, I got to keep moving, though because I want you to hear some of the other stories. So um, then it says, when everyone's together, then this is when God's spirit moves to give someone a prophetic word, and that, that someone is Jehaziel, which is just kind of a fun word to say, right? What's your name? Jehaziel. Hmm. I like it. But the whole group's together. They're pouring out to God. God, we don't have answers. We're just going to look to you. And what does God's spirit do? Does he moves, gives someone a prophetic word. What's the prophetic word? In a nutshell, don't be afraid and pay no attention to what the enemy's up to. I, I am paraphrasing, but that's pretty much what the prayer says, what he says. And then he says, this is God's war, not yours. This is the word of the Lord. God, we need answers. How many times do you need answers? You're like, God, do, you know, do I do this or that? And he says, fear not, I am the Lord. You're like, that didn't answer my question. But it was exactly what you needed to hear because we need to trust him. Don't be afraid. Pay no attention to what the enemy's doing. This is my war, my battle. And then he did say that the prophet is saying, you're going to meet the enemy armies at the end of the ravine. After he told him, don't be afraid. You're not gonna, you know, it's my war. But I do want you to go out there and you're going to go out and meet them. You're not going to stand and wait for them to come to you. So there are times where the Lord has us do something. But make no mistake, it's his battle, not ours, even if he has us do something. Because we're not, we're not idly just standing by, okay? And then listen to this. I'm just going to read the last part of this to you because it's so good. It says, um, you won't have to lift a hand in this battle. This is after the part, part three there. If you're going to meet him out there, but, he, but then he, the prophet says, you won't have to lift a hand in this battle. Just stand firm, Judah and Jerusalem, and watch God's saving work for you take shape. Don't be afraid. Don't waver. March out boldly tomorrow. God is with you. Now, what do you do with a word like that? I'll tell you what the, all, of, all of the people did. They, they worshiped, and there was self-abandonment, kind of a lot like our last song looked like right here. How come that happened? How come they got so excited when it hadn't even happened yet? Because it was filled, that word was filled with the Spirit of God, and they knew it was God, and so they celebrated as though it had already happened. Oh, my goodness, my goodness. So it says, um, it says Jehoshaphat knelt down, bowing face to the ground, all, all of Judah and Jerusalem. It says earlier, men, women, children, they were all there. They all did the same, worshiping God, 
The Levites stood to their feet to praise God, the God of Israel. They praised at the top of their lungs. They went berserk. They went berserk right then because God's spirit filled them. Oh, all right. I got to end this soon. I wanted to just share, when I was a young pastor, one of the, one of the it's close again to 30 years ago, I got a call that a young pastor that with not a lot of confidence yet does not want to hear. And that is, yeah, um, a mother's in the hospital, baby's half term, and uh, the doctors have found a, a tumor the size of a grapefruit on the baby, on the baby's backside here, and which was bigger than the baby itself. And, uh, and that you're going to have to, the, the news from the doctor was you'll have to abort this baby. The baby's not going to live anyway and could, will, could very well take the mother's life if she tries to go full term. Okay, that's the call I got. I'm a young pastor, right? I'm in my car. Fortunately, it was a 20-minute drive, so I had some time to pray. And I was, and I was praying, and I, I had seen some miracles. So I'm like, Lord, you know, I was starting with this. You know what's going on here, right? God, we need a miracle. This is, you know, what, what are you going to do? And then all of a sudden... I just, just like this, something swept into that car. Someone, the Spirit of God swept into that car, and suddenly I knew in my knower of knowers that baby was going to live, that mother was going to live, and I started screaming as loud as I could. I'm driving still. I'm pounding the dashboard or whatever. I'm glad none of you are with me because you would have been scared. I was screaming. I'm like, yes! I can't even scream like I did. I would scare you. But I was screaming. I got to the hospital. I have to make this a short story. But I got to the hospital, and I, and I went and told the parents. And I said, this is what I think God is saying. Do you want to, can I pray for that for your, your child? And they said, yes. They were just looking for anybody who had a good report. It's what they wanted, but they were just hearing a different report. So I said, let's gather around. And what I love is a couple nurses hopped in and got in the circle. Do you, there are many believing nurses out there. Some of them are here. And so when they heard that I wanted to pray for this, they jumped in like, let me in on this. And we prayed, and i pretty positive you know the end of this story, which is that uh, this young woman, Emily, is now 25 years old. <laughs> and, and the last I heard is doing quite well. So that's my God. That was just an example of what it feels like when it's the real thing, when God's Spirit just convinces you this is what God's going to do. All right, and then how does the story play out? I, I think you all know this, but, but the next day, I love it. Jehoshaphat's such a great leader. Oh, my goodness. He, um, he stands up. He says the next morning, this is before they march out. Listen, Judah and Jerusalem. Listen to what I have to say. Believe firmly in God. He's just going, he doesn't have the answers. He doesn't know exactly how it's going to play out. This is what he knows. Believe firmly in God, your God, and your lives will be firm. Believe in your prophets, and you'll come up out on top. And after talking it over with the people, I find this fascinating. Great leadership. He's talking to the people, and he says he appoints a choir for God, dresses them in holy robes, and they march out ahead of the troops, singing, praise Yahweh. His faithful love endures forever. This is, this is what he says, and, and I love his leadership. In other words, God, I hear God saying, good job, Jehoshaphat. You actually partnered with me, and you added some cool things to this. You said, let's get a worship team going. Let's make this really good. Let's get them out front. 
It was not part of God's plans. That's not the way I read it. God didn't say that. But they were listening to the Spirit of God together, and they just kind of knew this is what we need to do. And, of course, all the armies, once they do that, all the armies turn on each other. They didn't even have to fight the battle. And they actually take home the, the goodies afterwards, the treasures. So there's a whole lot more I'd like to say, but I want to do one thing first, and then I'm going to turn it over to you, Carla. Um, I just, for a moment, I want you just to think about where it is that uh, you're, you are still feeling... Um, uh, you, you know, the battle. Uh, again, I mentioned it could be, could be a, a disease. It could be a, a relationship that's really gone sour, something that happened that's just devastated your heart. It could be, you know, uh, depression or anxiety or whatever it is. So I just want you for a moment, um, and, I, and I want you to, to bring this to Papa and, and to say, God, I don't know what to do, but I'm going to look at you. Just tell him that right now. God, I don't know what to do but I'm going to look at you. Just tell him that. We don't know what to do, God. I don't know what to do. I'm going to look right at you, though, because you're my father who loves me. Wow. Thank you, Lord. And now, would you just, with me, this is going to be the, the uh, part of the answer to your prayer right now. You ready? Sing with me. You are good. You are good. And your love endures. You are good. You are good. And your love endures. You are good. You are good. And your love endures today. I want, I want, we're going to sing this one more time because this is your victory. I just want to make sure you are putting the dots together here. That you're connecting the dots. This is your victory. You say, Lord, I don't know what to do. I'm going to look at you. And then you begin to sing. You are good. You are good. And your love endures. You are good. You are good. And your love endures. You are good. You are good. And your love endures today. Today and every day. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm telling you, that is more of an answer than you could possibly know. And... Um, I'm going to turn this over now to Carla Duncan, who <laughs> Carla is very uh, beloved here at Blazing Fire. She was our uh, elder and worship leader for the first, I don't know, eight to ten years of Blazing Fire. And um, she still comes back and leads occasionally, and it's such a, a blessing to have her back. And after Carla shares a little bit, then uh, Todd, who's been our, our current worship pastor for the last 10 years or so, uh, is going to come up and share just a, a little bit. I asked him to share some stories so that we know that this is real stuff. Okay, yeah, please, that would be great. Um, I'm basically going to share one major story, and then what 
came out of it for me in the way of what the Lord was teaching me. Um, Basically, we had a chance to go to Israel back in 2007. There was a team of us, Todd and Karina and Brent and several intercessors and worshipers. And uh, it was actually during a war. It was during, it was 2007. And there was a war going on with Lebanon up in north, the north of the country. And... um, there were so many people, you know, telling me, you, you're crazy. What are you doing going there during a war? Because they were dropping bombs up there. <laughs> they were dropping bombs on the northern, or, or, or mus- missiles, missiles, right, at, in the northern part of the, of the country. But the Lord sent us. And um, actually, we turned out, turned out to have a wonderful time. Um, the only person who kind of had a little trouble was Todd, where security stopped him because he just looked so dangerous, you know? So, so suspicious, so dangerous. Now I realize the enemy did not want Todd there. I mean, look what happened. Look what was going on tonight and the dangerous, dangerous tool Todd is in the Lord's hand. Um, so, so I think the enemy wanted to kick him off send him back here, but uh, he did not succeed. And anyway, we went to Sukkot Halal, and we were um, leading worship sets um, all time of the day and night, giving people who work there a little break so they could um, have a vacation or whatever. And we we were loving it. We had such a great time. And um, But I'll tell you, before we left... I was in the middle of collecting my songs, and I, you know, can't take the whole binder, so I knew I'd take about 20 or so, and uh, my thought was, hey, we're entering a war, let's do some war here, let's pick the songs that would, you know, knock the enemy on their keister, you know, kind of feeling, you know, and the Lord absolutely would not allow me to choose those songs. In fact, he he had me choose a completely different category genre. I think I'll tell you about it a little bit later. I'll I'll share that. Um, but uh, where am I? Um, I sure wish that we could see what we are doing, what the Lord's doing in our worship all the time. I sure wish you know it would change our lives if we could see. Um, the angels working and and the the you know the enemy getting pulverized and demo- demolished by the hand of the Lord and the beauty of the things that He's also doing, um, and this was one of those times that we got to do that. We got to see what was happening. So this one day we were there and just just loving on the Lord, just loving and adoring Him. And um, after our worship, and it wasn't all just, you know, written worship songs. It was a lot of free-flowing worship and ministry to the Lord is what it was. And um, a woman got up, and she happened to be a leader in um, the house of, uh, well, there's a ministry house in Jerusalem that belongs to, or belongs to Ruth 
uh, Ward Heflin's ministry. She was the one who wrote Glory. Um, and um, anyway, she, she got up and she said, I see uh, while you've been worshiping, um, the Lord releasing whirlwinds into the atmosphere and sending them over to Lebanon and completely bringing chaos and uh, division to the enemy and what the enemy was trying to do. And then Brent said he heard her say that the Lord was causing the missiles to go off course so that they wouldn't hurt people, that they wouldn't cause destruction. And um, so that was really neat for me. I was like, wow, Lord, you did what I wanted to do anyway, and you did it better. You know, the question is, if I had done what I had wanted to do or felt like doing, would that have happened? I doubt it. Would the worship still have been useful? I'm sure, because that's God's word. You know, that's worship. But would that have been his highest purpose for us, for our team? No, we wouldn't have had the, the effect that we wanted to have, that highest, highest effect with our lives by yielding to the Lord. And so basically what I wanted to say was that without our knowing it, we can be doing warfare, we can be doing intercession, we're having intimate time with the Lord in our worship, um, we can be going into intercession. Sometimes we know it, and sometimes we don't. It's, but he can do anything he wants to with our worship, and he does. Um, I remember once um, while I was, I would be worshiping the Lord, and often just in my own, you know, spirit songs or whatever, but I would see a young woman going to meet her someday. And the Lord said, she's a woman in China. And she's young. And she's, she has an evangelistic call on her life. She needs prayer. But her call is to go from village to village and to share. And she didn't have, I, I sense she didn't have the provision that she needed. She didn't have, but it was like, the worship that led into the intercession to pray for her. You don't know without one person and the souls that she could have reached, the one woman. And so, and so, the Lord was just sharing with me how, you know, we, we yield to him and then his highest purposes are accomplished. Not just our good ideas, which that's okay. They can have an effect, but God's, God's ideas are eternal. And they last into eternity. And so um, I just created a little word art. That's not me. But no, you know, it's a little word art of... 
you know, how, what, what's going on with the worship, the intercession, the warfare. It's, you know, as we're doing this, as we especially just take some time, just taking time with him, you'll find that you're, you're like this. You're in this river. And before you know it, you're, you're interceding for something, you know, and your intercession can, can do something big, like for the nations, but it can be small, maybe in your own life, in your family, in your work. He can do whatever he wants, and he knows where the work is needed. So um, let's see, what have I got here? My next slide was, um, oh, okay, yeah. The, the, so later on, I, had, I was reading, and it was like, this is that that happened. Fear not, you worm, Jacob, you men of Israel, you, you know, you weakling. It's not derogatory as much as to say a symbol of weakness. Us, right? Worms. They're blind. They can't hear, <laughs> you know? They roll around on the dirt, in the dirt. I will help you, says the Lord and your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Behold, I will make you into a new threshing sledge with sharp teeth. You shall thresh the mountains and beat them small and make the hills like chaff. You shall winnow them, the wind shall carry them away, and the whirlwind shall scatter them. You shall rejoice in the Lord and glory in the Holy One of Israel. Well, we or I tended to think of it as Oh, right, you know, this is wonderful. The Lord defended his country, you know, Israel. He defended his people, and I, I love that, you know, and that's what I wanted him to do. But the Lord was saying, I'm working on this level and this level and this level and this level. He's playing, you know, 100-level chess with everything, you know? It's not just he's protecting Israel, which is fabulous, but he's out to get the treasure. He's out to, um, to get that grain. And he loves threshing floors. We found this out about him. He loves that floor where the grain is being processed and the chaff is being blown off. And the, and the what is that? The, uh, the, uh, the grain. The grain is left, the reward, right? The, the, the booty, the spoil, right? And so to, kind of, to confirm this, I had a quote from my amazing Bible that has all neat stuff in it. She, this is Joy Dawson saying, consider the dynamic power of God's declaration of what he can do with any one of us. Threshing means interceding. And it links, God links it with the nations. Further, he encourages us that if we will yield to the Holy Spirit, obey his promptings, and believe that he is working, he will, radically use, he will use us radically to change the course of the history of nations. He can do that. But um, I will add to that our lives our families, um, being yielded, even if we don't quite understand what he means or why he's saying us, asking us to do those things. Um, let's see, let's go. Oh, 
So I wanted to show you what a threshing sledge looks like. It's the teacher in me. I, I teach second grade. I, I, I would show them a picture. Right? So you get to have a picture. Yeah, and um, here we have a, a threshing floor, and they were often on top of mountains. So the afternoon wind would come up and blow the chaff. But there we have uh, the man standing on the sledge, and they, the oxen would pull it around, and his weight would help uh, get the chaff off the, off the grains of wheat. Okay, this, yeah. Okay, this is, what, this is what they look like underneath. So a new, sharp sledge, threshing. So there, there are divots at the bottom, and they would put sharp rocks or metal inside there, uh, it's interesting. The Lord said he'd make we're that. Isn't that interesting? Well, let's go on to the next one. It starts to make more sense. There's a, there's a sermon in that. Look at the man enthroned on the sledge. <laughs> it's like as if he's, he's enthroned on the praises of his yielded people, you know, to bring about the harvest and there's a sermon in that. <laughs> I just had to show that. It's like somebody, you know, that's awesome technology for that time, I think. Um, okay. Then um, I was following that up. Um, the, the treasures of darkness, the souls, and I... Think of all the things that I want. I want souls. I want to bring souls to heaven. I can't take anything else with me. I can take souls. How about if in my worship, my intercession, that the Lord changes, he does warfare with that, how about he removes the chaff, the blindness, the things that are bringing people into chains and bondage? I want that. I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places that you may know that I, the Lord, who call you by your name, am the God of Israel. Um, I think I could go on, but um, I don't know if I have the time. Um, yeah, it is totally fine. So thank you for letting me share. Okay, Todd, your turn. <laughs> texting me. I was about to read you a text from someone. Um, no. <laughs> Are you still there at that thing? No. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, uh, I just wanted to say something about what you just said um, about the threshing floor. 
has been happening tonight. Uh, gosh, at, at the end there, I was feeling like I could keep singing about uh, something else. And then, um, but then when I went in the back, I just was thinking about it. And I thought, oh, I think I'll write a new song about this, but about the crushing of the rose, creating the perfume. And then the crushing of the grape, uh, making the wine and how that process. Who talked about who, the valley you know, today, right? And, um, and how that produces the sweetness out of us. It's so good. That was awesome. Yeah, I, Brent, um, Pastor Brent wanted me to share a story or two or eight in, um, <laughs> about, about, um, about pr- prophetic worship and what it, I've, why I've witnessed it do. Um, wow, it's really actually hard to narrow down what to share with you. Um, and I'll just take a, a short time. Um, but I did... I did have a few things, and I'm just going to mention, like, whisk through a couple things. One is simply, um, even with our own children, singing. Um, I used to sing over Karina's stomach when they were in her womb uh, and, um, and, and just sing declarations over them. And um, they came true. They really came true. And I, and I, um, and, and both of my kids are equally in love with Jesus and, and so forth and so on. But I, I did even more when she was pregnant with our second. And, um, and she, and I used to sing that she would be a worshiper, you know, such a, and she is one of the deepest worship leaders I've ever been under. And um, so I, I just wanted to put that out there. I mean, if you're pregnant right now, start singing over that kid. Declaring, you know, I mean, so do it. Have your husband do it. Have somebody do it. I don't know. Um, uh, <laughs> on the note of a kid, um, one story that came to my mind is we li- we used to live in Branson, Missouri, and uh, and we went through a little time there where we were tired of trying to find the right church, <laughs> so we just had it at our house, our trailer home. All right, and uh, we had a lot of people come to it that. Uh, that felt the same way, and we had some really sweet worship times. But <clears throat> I had prior to this, I had I had kind of sung songs over people, but more like silly songs. You know what I mean? Like I was a youth pastor way back before we even moved to Missouri, and um, and I would pick out kids and make a funny little song about them. But even that, mm, they got really ministered to, just that somebody was seeing them, you know, and it was fun. But to, to, to really just get serious and sing over a person took me a little while. And when we were in this uh, meeting in our house, and there was, somebody brought their teenager there, and I didn't know anything about this kid, nothing. And we're, we're in worship. I'm singing to the Lord, and all of a sudden, I hear him say, sing over that kid. But here's the deal. It wasn't some glorious, like, yes, here comes the light shining on me, and I know exactly what to sing. I was scared out of my mind. I didn't, I, I was like, what do you mean singing over this person? What if I sing strange things, you know? And, um, and now I do sing strange things, but I'm not scared of that. But, <laughs> but um, I just, I even had to preface it. You know, I told the whole group, well, I'm going to do something different now. Um, but I just let the Lord sing this song over this teenager, which completely changed his life. His mom started crying. I didn't know the stuff he was doing, some crazy stuff, but that night he turned around because of that song. This is what the prophetic worship will do. It's, it's for the Lord, but he says, thank you, 
Now let's do some through you, you know, outward uh, toward for other people too. It is atmosphere shifting. Um, Karina and I, we we've been living in this same house for about a decade, and and for a while there, uh, it was rough with our neighbors across the street. I mean, I actually called the police a couple times, and it was it was, a, it was hard. It was quite a rough crowd. So I used to sit my my keyboard sitting in the living room facing their house, and I started. I was like, what? Why not be scared of this? And not why not. Don't be scared of this, but sing songs over them instead, right? So I got God's heart for them, started singing songs over them. And then one day, <laughs> we're, we're doing our IHOP thing, and um, when, our, when our house of prayer was over at uh, The Rock, and I'm in there singing early in the morning, and um, all of a sudden I see this, this girl come in and get on the floor and cry, and I'm like, looks like my neighbor. It was my neighbor <laughs> who came to the Lord and ended up in the same prayer house I was in. And so that afternoon at home, I saw her and I went, were you, what? And she goes, God got a hold of me recently, you know. So I said, I've been singing over you, over your whole house. (laughs) This thing is powerful, you know. And um, I have to say, I like superhero movies a lot. I am a Marvel freak. And um, I know everything about Marvel. And, um, uh, it, and I like X-Men, and, um, and I, love, I just love the school of supernatural gifted kids, you know, and that's what I always called our youth group here. And, uh, <laughs> um, but sometimes I look at teenagers and I think, man, you want so much power and you want significance and stuff, but if you only knew what you had in your mouth, you know, if you could become a worshiper like this, and let the prophetic come up out of your mouth. And I, I just want to tell a whole generation of people that. Um, it's so powerful. Um, okay, I'll kind of wrap this up with, with a final one. Uh, <laughs> um, mm. I, I will say this. Uh, even back when I was a t- teenager... Um, I started, I started singing, I think I mentioned this today, actually, but I started singing uh, in the middle of the night at my dad's church. I would go there and open the doors and, and get a Bible and start singing it. And, um, and one night, uh, I, I mean, I wasn't totally afraid of the dark, but I guess I had a little bit of that, you know. I mean, you know, I had to have some light on me. But one night, I started hearing this other voice, and it scared me so bad, I screamed, Who is that? Who is that? Ah! You know? I, I shut the piano. I, I, it was awful. And, um, but I, I, so I looked around the building, and I realized nobody's there. I thought maybe something's wrong with me. Got back on the piano and started singing. I heard it again, except this time I stayed there, and it was harmony. It was angels. Uh, and that's happened only two times with me. And one time here, 4 o'clock in the morning, when we used to do IHOP right here, singing right there. And... Um, and I saw movement back there, but nobody else was here with me. And then I started hearing this. I, I'm saying that story to say that's nothing about me at all. That is about how heaven likes to join in with what we're doing. Really, you know, agreement, right? It's the truth. There's so much in this. And we are, we're, we're silly little weaklings. We really are. However, God loves to partner with us, you know. Uh, he loves these silly little weaklings. Um, but then my last story, I just wanted to share 
something a few of us encountered uh, just in a corporate setting, which was pretty cool. And I've got a picture for this, but not yet. Who's controlling that? Is that you? Oh, okay. Um, so uh, I just want to tell, just there's such grand things that can happen. And this, this goes beyond just the singing. Um, this is even into painting. And, um, but we were up at Bethel for a leader advance. This is actually several years ago now. And, uh, you know, if you've ever been up there, they've got people painting like we have here today, you know. And um, most of the time, those people don't know what they're going to paint until worship starts. And then they just go with their heart, you know, and God's doing something. Well, on, um, on, a, on a night session, uh, a lady started painting this wave in the sea. And um, so, you know, nice, it's cool, a wave. I could deal with that. I love the ocean. Hey, let's go surf. Um, and, and over, over, and this was during worship, and powerful, deep time of worship. <coughs> um, but as she made that wave, eventually the wave had a, um, instead of a white crest on it, it had a black spiky point on it, you know. And I, I remember some people were looking at it going, huh, huh, huh. You know, <laughs> um, and so, um, so that was that. We all went to our hotels. Next morning, we come back. We're b we're back into a really deep prophetic worship time, and the lady is still painting on that thing. And um, and all of a sudden, so in the middle of the water, she point she paints a a wall in front of the wave. You know, and. Um, I can't remember, I'm about to see this, but I can't remember if the, it seemed like she changed that black point into a, a, a white crest, you know, at some point. But everybody was looking at that going, that's interesting, you know. And all of a sudden, Bill Johnson comes and interrupts the worship time, which he would never do, except to tell us, hey, we need to pray. There is a tsunami on its way to Fiji right now. And, uh, and so... You know, we're like, yes, we're going <gasps> to, the painting, right? This, this woman didn't know this the night before when she was painting this. They put the painting in the middle of the stage, and everybody just starts singing and praying over that painting. Um, and then the news came that for some reason, mm, a miraculous thing happened, and that wave dissipated before it crashed. Do you have that? Yeah, this is a picture I took of that painting. Uh, yeah, like yeah, she 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 had the night before it had this black point to it, like a, like it was gonna stab something, and then she changed it to that and put the wall there. That is prophetic worship, you guys. That is some major. <laughs> I mean, God. God did that. He, he had that there. And, and who knows? Probably other groups of people were praying about that tsunami with other signs like this too. You know what I'm saying? But this took place during worship, during prophetic worship. And this is serious, awesome business. Praise God that he loves us so much that he wants to partner with us, us funny little kids, you know? But amen for it too, right? Amen. That's my story. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, um, Giuseppe, I don't know if you have anything you want to add or 
or Chuck or Linda or, or even some of the others on the team, meaning, yeah, come on up. But I asked Todd if he would, um, basically what's going to happen is we thought, you know, it, it's, it's the end of this um, prophetic worship uh, workshop. And uh, so let's just do a little bit more and find out, especially if some of the ones that have traveled, you know, that if you've got even just like one more prophetic declaration or something while Todd leads, just want to give an opportunity, a space for it. Yeah, I just wanted to show you a picture. That's the tombstone. And if you see the top, it says, Our Beloved Ushers in Revival. And there's one little story that the Lord commissioned me to share every time somebody mentioned it or I got an opportunity to mention it. Is the night when he passed, we almost lost Katie. She had uh, nine blood transfusions. And they had to fly uh, blood from San Francisco. Um, she's O negative. So they had to fly it from different places to save her life. And then, um, so I'm holding my dying baby, um, Solomon. They thought it was going to be a girl. I knew it was going to be a boy because the Lord showed me that. And then I told Katie, and then he came out as a boy. They also said he would be unrecognizable, but he was beautiful. And I can show you that another time. But I was holding him, and he was working on his last breath. But on that picture... Um, if you can put it back up, I don't know. We'll try it one more time. I just want to show you, if, if we're able to get it up, can you read the time underneath my last name, under his last name, Solomon Michael Ciccone? So he lived from 8.13 p.m. to 11.29 p.m. Who can do math if you subtract that? How many hours and minutes is that? And the Lord told me that that was the picture, was John 3.16, that God so loved this world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. When I shared the testimony of Jesus in the waiting room where there was over 50 people coming there to pray for Katie because we had already lost one battle, when they prayed for Katie and her oxygen level rose back up and didn't lose brain damage, I shared the gospel, and seven people gave their life to Jesus in the hospital. So one life was a seed, and just in that night, there were seven souls brought into the kingdom. Then there was like 10 more at our church when we shared the following Sunday. And then since then, I keep getting calls and testimonies about how this story has impacted people. And um, I just wanted to share one little thing, and then I'll, I'll stop. I could go longer. I'm going to not. Uh, Luke 8, verse 8. Yet some of the seed fell into good soil, fertile soil, and it grew and flourished until it produced more than a hundredfold harvest, a bumper crop. Galatians 6, 7, make no mistake about it, God will never be mocked, for what you plant will always be the very thing that you harvest. The harvest you reap reveals the seed that was planted. And the last passage, I won't read the whole thing, I'll just read part of it, but go read in the Passion Translation, um, chapter 147 of Psalms. It's about our amazing God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. How be beautiful it is when we sing our praises to the beautiful God. For praises make you lovely before him. 
and brings him great delight. So when we worship God, when we press into prophetic worship, it brings him glory. So we're just going to continue in that vein, right? It hasn't stopped yet. And Todd's going to lead us, and it's just going to continue to rise and increase, and he's going to be lifted high. 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 Be lifted high, God. Be lifted high. Be lifted high. One thing I desire, and only this I see, just to dwell, dwell, dwell here forever. This will be my posture. Laying at your feet, oh, just to dwell, dwell, dwell here forever. One thing I desire, and only this I seek, oh, just to dwell, dwell, dwell here forever. This will be my posture. Just to dwell, dwell, dwell here forever. Dearest Father, closest friend, most beautiful, most beautiful. Dearest Father, closest friend. Only this I seek Oh, just to dwell, dwell, dwell here forever This will be my posture Laying at your feet Just to dwell, dwell, dwell here forever Father, closest friend, most beautiful, most beautiful, dearest Father, closest friend, most beautiful, most beautiful, dearest Father, dearest Father. When there are no words 
closest father, closest friend, most beautiful, most beautiful, dearest father, dearest father.
and how she just poured out her love, broke open that bottle of worship over Jesus. And I just feel like for many of you, maybe you have just lived this radical life or you have this desire to pour out so extravagantly. And maybe there's been some people who haven't understood or you felt judged or criticized. And the Lord just wants, he's looking at you right now with so much love and adoration. He's so pleased with your worship. 
It's so beautiful and so sweet to him. And he's marking you with extravagant love. And he said, as he did over Mary of Bethany, I want what this woman has done to be told whenever the gospel is preached. Your life of worship will live and will mark others. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Father, we just want to look at you. You're the one thing we desire. You're the only one thing we desire, Jesus. Yeah. Thank you, Father. I just pray courage over each one to live a life of radical, extravagant worship because you're so worthy of it, Jesus. To pour out our lives, let it be a fragrance that you wear, that you are consumed by Jesus. Freedom, 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 freedom over you. To worship however Jesus is moving through you. Let the fragrance rise. Let it rise to the throne room. Let your life be a fragrance to Jesus. And go out from these walls. Go out and impact. Let it be the gospel that is preached. Extravagant worship. Jesus who is so worthy and adoring all our love, all our affection. We hold nothing back, nothing back from you, Jesus. You're so worthy. The fragrance of our worship arises like perfume arises to you. on your robe in your throne room oh, surrounding you Jesus the fragrance all around oh you're wearing the fragrance of my praise you're wearing the fragrance of our sweet perfume all around all around you wear it like a garment like a sweet perfume all around all around the smell of our praise you wear it like a garment like a sweet perfume Like a sweet perfume. 